Welcome to the Artcast. I'm Emily from the Primary Art Class. Usually the work I do is around advocating for a good art education at primary school level. I work with schools, galleries and all sorts of organisations to help them provide a good art provision for primary school children. This is a short series of videos where I will be interviewing artists and creatives about their experience of art education, about their journey towards making their living out of creating art, about how they feel that art and creativity supports their sense of well-being, and about how it is to work as an artist. So if you're at all interested in art, the creative industries, being an artist, maybe you've got a, a little itch to become an artist yourself, these interviews might be interesting to you. My first chat was with Olivia Brotheridge, who's a friend of mine and a fantastic illustrator. I hope you enjoy. Uh, so I don't know if you want to start describing a little bit about your current work and what you're doing at the minute. Okay, well, I am an illustrator. I've somehow managed to specialise almost entirely in, in drawing maps, um, which started out doing a lot for kind of individuals who might like to have a map of their local area and have it sort of screen printed really nicely on, on their wall. And that's kind of expanded into working for a lot of um, businesses and like local councils and things, um, using it for tourism and sort of showing off initiatives. Um, I get to include lots of little snippets of stories within the maps and I think that really engages me. Um, so I will interview people about the area and they might say, oh, I, on the weekends we go to this market and when I walk uh, my kids to school, we walk past these buildings that we always notice and comment on or, you know, we might, you know, once we went and saw the, the Queen's flotilla and we had our dog with us and, and I'll, you know, I'll put those little things in. And um, but I do a lot of like hand painting with um, uh, brush and ink and then scanning things in. Um, and then sometimes I've now got an iPad, so I'll draw straight onto the iPad. And yeah. when you, you said that you got into doing maps, because you do, like, I really associate you with those lovely maps now but what were you doing before that so when I graduated I was working in lots of um, creative businesses first I moved to London to intern with the big draw and I was doing kind of like yeah which is where we met kind of or through them yeah um so I was doing a lot of like organizing project management type jobs in creative businesses because almost because I felt like illustration is quite a hard nut to crack. Like the first map that I did was when I just graduated. Um, there was an, I'd moved straight to East London and I was trying to find somewhere to live permanently. And during that time, during the first six months, I lived in about six different houses from subletting for a couple of months to, you know, somebody went on holiday for two weeks, so I'd stay in their room and stuff. <laughs> Um, and during that time, there was a magazine called Boat Magazine, and they did an open call for illustrators to come into their studio and create a map from memory without reference material of their neighbourhood. And I did this map and they, they printed it in their publication as a double page spread. And um, 
then I screen printed it and I had it on my wall and that's what led to doing more of those because people would see it on my wall and say oh that's a really cool story could you do that for us and your work really has that balance of still being sort of a map and fairly kind of like a good representation of the area but with also that lovely personal touch have you ever had a time where you've thought like since leaving uni where you've thought you know what this I can't this isn't for me I'm going to go and get like a proper job or I moved straight to London after graduating and I didn't go fully freelance until uh almost two years ago that's 100% fully only creative work felt like when I came out of uni my portfolio was a little bit fine arty and not that relevant to commercial work and what people might you know like a business to look at a piece of my work and be like oh that would be great for us for our business I think different different unis will have different focuses on on that and, and I think our course was a little bit um kind of angled to fine arty yeah. illustration yeah. and so I did a lot of jobs that were either within really interesting creative organizations like the big draw I worked for a branding agency um I worked for art galleries I also worked as a, a PA because I thought I was going to have to leave London because I couldn't afford to live there um and alongside all of that I carried on working doing you know printmaking doing illustration doing the odd commission doing exhibitions um, finally when I left London I started totally focusing on that yeah um, and now I've just moved back to London <laughs> I feel like it's unfinished business what do you think about that thing of you know because I, I when you're working and you've got kind of a steady income because you're doing a, a job which like you say might be linked to the creative industry but not necessarily your creative your creative work versus when you are solely making your income from doing your thing mm. how does that feel like the difference of um and linked to things like having to do sort of self-promotion and things like that yeah. yeah it's definitely it's taken quite a lot of time i'm a member of the association of illustrators who offer um guidance and advice for illustrators there's tons of information on contracts and um negotiating and fees i think that the first thing when when you are negotiating a project and you know, I am doing everything myself and it is, you know, self-promotion and I think contracts are so important because if you don't have everything buttoned down, then something can go wrong later on. If you've got everything in your contract, if, you know, for example, if the client decides they don't want to go ahead with it anymore, but you've already got your contract in place, you might get, for example, 30% of the fee if they haven't even started the project. If they cut it halfway through and it's nothing to do with you, you might still get you know you're kind of covered and so that really helps with it's quite a learning curve isn't it i don't know about you but i learning curve like in the last year or so probably learned to be more there's this sort of slight cringe factor around asking for what you want in contracts and i'm still really learning how to do that and be kind of like it feels like you're being pushy but it's not it's like you say it's securing it's giving yourself some security and that is what you yeah. have to do for yourself. And it should, it should give your client security as well. You know, you put in your contract that you will deliver by the, the you know, this, um, this work by this stage. Yeah. And, you know, they, they know what they're going to get from you. So just to go back to the education bit, and obviously at uni yeah. you studied um, printmaking and then 
what about in primary and secondary school? Do you have much kind of memory of feeling like you were an artist early on in primary school? And how? Primary school. Yeah, what are your memories, if any, of art at that kind of age? Oh God, primary school. <laughs> Long time ago. I know. My mum my mom is an art teacher. Wow. So I definitely grew up being very creative. Like art is just it was always a subject that I felt very comfortable and confident and maybe I was always, you know, ahead in the class in art and creative. Um you ever have a sense of because um, within education often there's this sense of children are either creative or academic did you ever have a sense of that kind of I always had a sense that that's what I wanted to work hardest at mm. um it was it's always what's driven me um I remember asking to to do three my three levels all in art subjects and I think I got laughed at <laughs> they basically said no it's that sense that, yeah you have to be a well-rounded person you have to, it's okay to do a bit of an art thing but you also have to offset it with some kind of academic yeah, yeah. I mean it's interesting <laughs> um, mum being an art teacher so art kind of must have just felt like a part of everyday life it wasn't like art was a subject at school it was just part of your we're lucky that our parents really supported us in whatever we wanted to do so yeah me wanting to do art at home they were like great whatever whatever you want to do that's fine <laughs> kind of yeah um I think yeah maybe it was it was maybe more normalized for me but one thing that really inspired me was having people who are have worked professionally within that subject and can talk about it mm. um I had a graphics teacher who I really admired and she would she would talk about industry and sort of I really liked learning the, the craft side of things and, and really knowing how to do things. I think that's why printmaking and you know, technical stuff does interest me. Yeah. Um, we also had a couple of, um, there was a lady who was a professional graphic designer and she came in and worked with us maybe once a week for a, a oh, couple of months or something. And I was completely kind of inspired and, you know, I didn't have any reference yeah. other than that. Yeah. So having somebody come in and talk about, you know, in the industry and mm -hmm. I really loved that. And, sh and she would come around and critique our work. And it was really interesting at that younger age to have people coming in and showing you what was possible in industry. And to feel like you were working in some kind of more a setting that wasn't just about school, that was in a yeah. more elevated yeah. Setting. Yeah, I think there's a real power in that in as much as you could for example have the, the best art teacher or best textile teacher they're, they're still within the system of the school and I think there's a real power in having outside people I think by having somebody come it makes it seem more real and more relevant and, and you know rather than it just being theoretical it's like oh actually this is this is what it's actually used yeah. for and how it works in real life yeah and just, I always, um, I think it's really nice, you know, when I'm teaching, I always talk to the children about the day-to-day -day life, which is why something like talking to you is really nice, because just helping to kind of realise that these are, there are people out there who their day-to-day their -day is about creating, managing yeah. their finances, self-promotion, that is their job, you know. Yeah. I think especially for primary school children, 
and maybe less so for secondary school children now because the world has changed so much but you sort of think of going to work as sort of you know going to work in a kind of off to the office kind of way or you know yeah Um, so the more we know about the different types of opportunities there are out there the more we can kind of really follow what feels good for us and 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 if that is something creative then then follow that yeah I wanted to talk to you a bit about also your your process your creative process and I know that you because we've spoken about it that you your family meditate and maybe you meditate as well Mm. about how if you think there's a connection between that kind of side of things and your creativity. So I was brought up doing transcendental meditation, um, which my parents are super into. My big sister meditates a lot. My little sister doesn't at all. And I would do it occasionally. I've never been able to get into a routine with it until right now we're in the Corona lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I found it, I've never really suffered with like anxiety or feelings of, just like tight chest, just all, you know, kind of often sort of on the edge of tears and kind of um, just really, really stressed. And so I've started meditating twice a day if I can, once a day, definitely. And I feel fine and it's really amazing. And it's like, <laughs> I've never needed it. And I feel like at the moment I really needed it. I really need it. Um, so I meditated just before this call yeah. and it just, it makes me feel so much better. Like I'll wake up with a tight chest, like, you know, worried, just feeling worried. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I meditate and I feel okay. I also yeah. think it's, it's really, can be really helpful with creative practice and always through the past, because I've always had this and I'm, I'm lucky to have this tool to yeah. use. Yeah. Um, sometimes if you're stuck with a creative problem, yeah, you meditate and maybe when you wake up at the end or or come out of your meditation the idea might have just come to you yeah um or you can think think a bit clearer and this kind of stereotype normally goes with more kind of fine arts expressive arts but the idea of um drawing on anxiety or drawing on stress or hard times for your creativity have you ever found that to be a an approach useful thing for you what do you mean like pouring it into your work yeah so if you're in times of stress or you know like this sort of cliche of the tortured artist I guess of being you know channeling some kind of stress or anxiety into your work has that ever been a I I don't maybe at uni when my work was a bit darker Um, I was kind of, maybe I was more, I was more conceptual at uni and it was kind of expressing sort of feelings or kind of vague conceptual things. Now, uh, I don't think so. I mostly, I draw and create for work. And so that kind of scratches that itch of wanting to create. However, it's really nice to have other projects on the side. At the moment, I'm, I'm like painting some little drawers and I'm, I'm doing little illustrations on the front of each drawer of what that draws for. So that's nice. And I think at the moment, a lot of people are turning to creative things. Mm. Everybody's baking. Oh, Everyone wants to... Yeah, so... No yeast anywhere. I had to make hot cross buns with like this old yeast and they just they looked really beautiful, but they were like scones. Oh. <laughs> oh, I suppose a lot of people are probably dealing with a lot of stress at the moment mm. and a little bit more time and the fact that these kind of creative 
projects can really help people with their mental health yeah um, it is it is quite nice and meditative to just you know spend an evening I find it really calming yeah doing some doing some painting for myself not for work yeah and I guess you know the thing is I think a lot of people in my experience especially adults will say things like oh no I haven't done art since I was at school or oh yeah. no I'm not artistic or creative but the thing about creativity is that it's more like you say it's not the pressure of the outcome whether that's for work or because you want to produce something beautiful it's more about the process of just sitting and creating something yeah yeah it feels it feels nice yeah in a similar way to this to meditation mm-hmm. and yoga or running or you know you you might sit there and, and focus your mind on something just taking yourself out of your everyday stress and just focusing on something new mm. is really really nourishing yeah. yeah yeah definitely and i think you're right it does feel like a similar I've always wondered whether it takes you to a similar place that meditation does, because there's definitely a quality to it that feels the same, like the non-thinking and the kind of feeling in flow. That it's something yeah. inside of your the physical body, and you're just kind of connected to something maybe a bit bigger, or, uh-huh. yeah, a bit wider. Guess, uh, you, you, your worrying mind probably just you know you forget about all of the stuff that you're usually. I think within meditation it's your worrying mind that you're shutting up it's that surface level thought and you're just focused on something and with meditation it might be clearing your mind and getting really deep into a trance and and with you know painting in a similar way your everyday thoughts are gone because you're just focused on that task Mm -hmm. and I suppose you're you know if you're feeling your nervous system's always a bit frayed because you're worrying about things then that can calm down because you're not worrying at that moment yeah um, are there any sort of um, rituals or processes that you have to get yourself in the creative mood? I don't know if you ever, if you do experience or have experienced like creative block maybe or, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, is there anything you do if you're feeling particularly blocked and just in your day to day when you sit down to create, is there anything that, you know, you have to have something in place or do <laughs> um sometimes when I finish one project and I've got to start another one mm-hmm. I have a fear of starting and I will find myself it's procrastinating I will definitely procrastinate I'll clean everything until I think I've got a perfect working environment and there's no other excuse <laughs> and and then I'm sort of you know everything's organized around me and I can I can start I suppose it's like in that, in that, because I've heard that from a lot of people and I, I think I do that myself. I sort of make the conditions perfect or do something else. But do you think that within that time, there's something you are kind of preparing? It's just you're not yeah. doing the thing, but somehow in your mind, you're, you're getting psyching yourself up for also because when I do get into a project, it, it can, especially if there's a, if there's a deadline and stuff, it can completely take over my life. Like I might not answer an email for a few days or um you know I might ignore cleaning and and stuff for a little while so and so in between projects maybe I'll try and do all of the little bits that I've been ignoring and that I know I'll ignore once I get completely submerged into a project um so there's a lot of preparing myself because I know that once I focus I'll be totally focused and I won't look at anything else Mm. you know sometimes when I finish a project I feel creatively drained Mm. um and like I've just been pushing out all of my creative energy 
and sometimes I need to sort of fill up again so apart from like resting you know preparing my environment doing the bits and bobs that need doing there's also kind of maybe going to a gallery or looking at some really lovely creative people's websites or looking through Instagram or maybe you know going to a life drawing class or doing a little bit of a personal project or I don't know something yeah. things that kind of nourish me again so that I can you know go on mm-hmm. pushing out <laughs> that does make sense yeah that thing of feeling creatively exhausted is definitely yeah something that I hear a lot as well that yeah. you feel that you're just spent and yeah. yeah needing to recharge and just yeah sort of pull was, back in yeah and that's why sometimes it is like you say it's nice yes to go to a gallery or do something but also to do something a bit different because yeah. that's like it somehow refreshes you doesn't it and it gives you like yeah. energy it'll and give, it, yeah it'll give your your map making muscle a rest yeah when you're doing something else and then you can come back to it yeah <laughs> and um so you're working on projects and do you still you still you said you're doing the cupboard and things like that do you make a concerted effort to still do your own kind of side projects alongside things I'm trying to, trying to. Having just moved into this flat, there's always things to do in the evening because, you know, we're kind of deep cleaning everything and yeah. <laughs> and I've got tons of other ideas of things that I want to do. I want to make like cushion covers and I want to learn embroidery and I know. And <laughs> How do you manage that? Because as a creative person, like I think one you like I have so many ideas for projects going on at, at one time in my head and then new things come along. How do you, obviously you have paid work, which probably has to take priority. Yeah. Then how do you kind of organize your thoughts and actions around, Oh, I want to learn a bit more about this. or I want to do this. What, how do you, uh, I guess I've got a list of things that I feel like I really want to do, but those will not take priority over work. I think mm-hmm. I am quite worried about being able to keep getting work. Um, I'm lucky that I'm working at the moment and I but I definitely lost a few really big jobs that I should have got because they're in the tourism industry Mm. Um, are they on hold or are they cancelled cancelled I don't know some of them are on hold and I think there's a likelihood that they will happen Mm. Um, there's a big one that I I don't think it will happen I'd love it if it did mm. <laughs> um yeah so I'm I'm still trying to you know I'm still quoting for jobs which is really great um and I've had a couple of bits come through I had one thing come through new and another thing I've just quoted for and I'll find out mm. if I get it um I'm trying to sort of offer longer licenses so that if people think they might not be able to launch something this year they know they can next year or something like that um how much of the work you get is word of mouth and how much kind of self-promoting and networking do you i didn't do i do a lot of instagram Mm. um probably not as much as i should could but enough to to get me some work through instagram um I think people people search like Illustrator, Map Illustrator, Illustrator London or whatever, mm-hmm. and they'll find me. I hadn't done much else other than that. And then I made I made some postcards of one of my pictures and on the back hand wrote it. I first I first sent out postcards to creative agencies and I found it 
horribly cringy. <laughs> but I realized that the reason I felt it horribly cringy was because it's such a, a niche. Yeah. Um, you know, how likely is it that a creative agency wants a map illustrator? So then I thought about what businesses I've worked for before and what businesses would quite likely want a map illustrator. And I sent out about eight postcards and I got a few really good jobs. <laughs> so just really targeting, you know, the right people. Like I wrote, I wrote to Hackney Council and I got an email like the next day saying, yes, we want exactly what you've just said. When can you come in? Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so. so cool. I know I didn't manage to see it out in the flesh. So it was one of the big digital, well, loads of the big digital. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah, huge. <laughs> right on the street. So it was really, it was really sort of surreal to stand next to my word. There's so much that's, you know, in my heart about these areas. I really enjoyed doing the maps. I put my all into them. But I, I also, you know, I put my personal experiences in them. Um, and that makes it, you know, it's like almost a visual diary of my life when I'm in Hackney and sort of all that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm including a lot of other stuff and, and there's a lot of sort of discussion with the client about what they want on there and then representing the different cultures who live here. Mm. Um, there's a lot of that. And, um, but I also, you know, I'll, I'll hide a few little things that mean a lot to me in there. And I think it adds to the personality. It's really nice to just hear about your processes and a bit about your kind of journey to where you are because I definitely like when we first met like you said it was at a sort of the big draw meeting and I was there as a teacher and you yeah. were working for them and I think yeah you were you were still not fully doing your own thing but I think I remember us talking then about you your personal work as well and I've just sort of you know we, we're not in constant com communication but I've definitely seen this like you know, real journey of your work. And it's really, really, really <laughs> cool, really cool. And what are your, have you got like goals? Do you set yourself little, like, oh, I want to get this, I want to do this, or? I've had to think about what I would do if work dries up while I'm in isolation and like how I might be able to, you know, develop my portfolio to get work, you know, if, if nobody wants maps, which hopefully they will continue to want maps, just maybe not for the same purpose. Um, yeah, I, you know, I want to, I want to do, I want to do other things within like travel illustration, like city posters and, and things. Um, I might want to do kind of, um, information design or editorial, mm -hmm. um, especially if, um, work in maps specifically was to dry up I yeah. think information design editorial but both really important at the any, moment any final words on if there are you know young children out there or even adults out there who feel that they want to pursue something in the creative industry but maybe the support network isn't there for them or they're just not sure whether it's the sensible choice or whatever those sorts of you know thoughts might uh -huh. be any you know tips or words for those sorts of people who have a creative pursuit inside of them but they're not fully committed to following it there's there's creative for work and there's creative for yourself yeah and if you're if you're thinking about doing creative things then you can do either of those things yeah if you want to work in creative in, in the creative industry i don't think it's totally necessary to have a degree anybody's career these days and the way people make a living is much more fluid and much more 
you just you'd be so surprised how people make money and you don't have to do it in a, in a conventional way anymore um, and I what you said about having people around you either friends or just having some people around you who yeah. are doing the thing or in the yeah. thing already it's yeah. really inspiring and it kind of raises the bar a bit yeah and yeah re reaching out reaching out to other creative people and building you know sort of friendships where you maybe swap ideas and challenge each other i think i i always had something niggling in the back of my head so when i graduated and i was working um for creative businesses but not actually being creative myself i always had this niggling thing where i was like but i i feel like i could make really nice things and i'll never know if i don't try <laughs> And also, the creative industry is a massive part of the economy. Exactly. It adds so much to people's lives. Um, it makes people happy, <laughs> and it it's it's not just about decorating stuff. It's about communicating. Um, yeah. How's your fringe doing? Because I'm going crazy with mine. I really need to cut it. <laughs> I was gonna. I was literally gonna say that on my list of things to do is is uh, cut my fringe. <laughs> Go yourself. I actually, I actually uh, pinned it up yesterday. Oh. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I just, I, I used to do it. I've basically had this hairstyle since I was little and I've had a few goes at cutting it myself and it never works out. There are any like tutorials? Surely there's some kind of like how to cut your fringe yourself. Yeah, there must be. I